Welcome to the Inspired Wild Podcast. This is part two of Utah Mule Deer and Lane and Eric made it into camp tonight. You guys did not make it here without uh, difficulty. So what time did you leave this morning, Lane? I left the firehouse at 7 a.m. And you went through and picked up Eric? Yep. Well, first I sat for an hour in traffic outside of Denver. How'd there that was work a, there out was for a wreck. you? Yeah, there was a wreck on I-70. Amazing. That was great. And then, yeah, picked up Eric and driving was great up until Salina. And then pulled in to just fill up with Def because yeah. I forgot to grab a bottle for my truck. And... The deaf saved us, really. Yeah, it really did save us because I felt something weird with my brakes. We got out and we checked them, and a rock or something got up underneath one of my pads and just destroyed the entire pad, the, the rotor, and the caliper all on that side. If it had been on the other side, my caliper would have been fine. But since it was on the caliper side, that was trash too. So had Napa deliver some parts to the parking lot of where I, we were at. I and couldn't believe there was even a Napa open around. Yeah. I mean, it was looking bleak there for a couple minutes. Yeah, I was worried. Well, when you guys texted me those pictures, um, you well, first you texted me, Eric. You said, uh, having some brake issues. And I said, what are you thinking? And you said, ETA. TBD. TBD, to be <laughs> determined. And, and the funny thing was is that you weren't kidding. I mean, yeah. then the next texts were... You literally had a uh, uh, your jack. Yep. You yeah, had that. You had that driver's side jacked up, and you had everything torn off, and you had a picture of that caliper, and it was gonzo. trashed. Wow. Well, the funny had, thing is, that was right before we were gonna leave the asphalt. If we had left the asphalt with that thing, oh, we'd have been so hosed. You oh, think man. it would have come apart? Oh yeah. Yeah, that, that caliper, so the brake pad was actually completely off. Half of it was jammed in between the caliper, and the other half was down just riding in between the wheel and the rotor. I don't know how it got so, uh, it had to have had a rock or something just kick up there perfect, because the other side was fine, and I changed those things out 30,000 miles ago, heck, last summer. Let me, so, let me quit blinding you, there you go. Yeah. We're sitting around a campfire, again in... Gorgeous uh, backcountry of Utah um, on this mule deer hunt that you guys were very influential in planning, inviting me to come along. Thank you. Um, I we kind of had side bets. On, and I, I'm going to be quite honest. I feel with you. like I need a rebuttal to the gospel of Wayne <laughs> before I even listen to it. <laughs> no, we had side bets on whether or not Adam was going to have to go down to town and pick you up, and your truck was going to be there being worked on all next week, or or at least the beginning of next week, so that you would have a way to get home. Because when I looked at it, we're like, this is this is not it, it's not a simple pad switch. No, it's not a you know this is literally some tearing everything apart and re-putting it together and i didn't know you were the mechanic i didn't i didn't know that you had that much mechanical inclination i was shocked honestly where we did got you there where did you learn he busts this tire off and i'm like yeah we're, we're done for we'll we'll see what happens i i have no idea what's going to happen here and then we take a look at it lane's like here feel this and it's all smooth and he's like now feel this side 
felt like, you know, someone just, well, felt like a rock went in the, in the break and we rode down the highway for 60 miles with it. And, uh, I was like, done. We're game over, tripped over. So where did you learn to do brakes? Uh, my dad always made me work on them. He always, like for my very first car was a Pontiac Fiero. You had a Fiero? Hell yeah, bud. 1984, <laughs> first year they made it. it. I think I bought that thing for either 900 or $1,000, and I probably got four months out of it before it blew up. Wow. <laughs> Adam knew me in high school. He, <laughs> he's over there laughing. That thing was so bad. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I did brakes on that. I did brakes on my first truck. Um, well, that that was a good thing that yeah. your dad did. So, well, yeah, but he's always Even the fact me. that he had the tools necessary yeah, how crazy to get is it that? done. So I got that, not to like, you know, tout on RAM, but like I have that RAM with those RAM boxes and I keep a ton of tools in there and it just paid off. It's I, I love those little boxes on the side. They keep everything in it. And so I just happen to have a bunch of tools in there. I even had a C-clamp in there. I cannot so believe you I had a C-clamp in there to, to to literally compress the calipers so well, that you could bleed. I trashed the cr- calipers. I actually didn't need the C-clamp because right. I had well, a brand would, new caliper right, to put true. on. But ha- like I was prepared. I, I, I told Eric, get the C-clamp out, throw this. We had everything tore out. In but you but you knew line. you know how to bleed brakes. You, I mean, there, there's more than just, oh, hey, let's, like I said, a, pa- a pad swap. Yeah. I mean, you, there's something to that. Hey, yeah, it's I, it's the the hunter's innovation. He just got it done. Didn't know how to bleed brakes. Did a little YouTube video, figured it out. Yeah, that's the one thing. Like I was bleeding the brakes in the wrong spot. Like I was oh. bleeding the wrong the the wrong thing, and I was like, dude, we are. I am doing something wrong here because I haven't bled brakes since I was sixteen. So oh, I, I got you. Half my lifetime ago is when so I actually you, had to bleed the brakes. So because you usually and, yeah. I'm just pulling the caliper off. I'm not actually pulling the brake line off right. when I'm doing stuff. So I uh, I was like, I'm not doing something's not right here. After the second time I was bleeding it, and then I was like, oh, I got. Turn this nut instead of that one, and gotcha. So yeah, that's the only thing at the very end. That's the only thing yeah. that I had to. Well, we did. We did say okay. Thanks for ratting me out. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, it was more about. Uh, it was more about hey, something's the right not right. I gotta turn, find yeah. a solution, and yeah, you did what you had to do in the middle of nowhere. Well, and that's the key because you were in the parking lot. Oh of yeah. What? We were actually in the parking lot of a twenty-four hour repair service, and they were they were closed. <laughs> So we called him once. I was like, ah, screw it. I'll start pulling this off. And I have a bottle jack in my truck instead of the little cheap one that comes with the vehicle. And so that made things easier. And well, for a backup jack, I actually found one in that parking lot that was just sitting next to a truck. And I put that underneath as a backup in case that bottle jack had something go wrong with it. So, Well, we were also, uh, just to be in all honesty, we were uh, had side bets on whether or not it would stay together coming up the hill. <laughs> and you, you here I you are. I think Eric and I did too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, but, hey uh, did it, the it trick. worked out. Yeah, we got on yeah. that bumpy road, and I told him actually, I was like, uh, "This is where we find out if I tightened everything up or not." <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and you didn't you didn't have any squeaking. So basically, what it, what it wasn't your it wasn't that your pads got then it was a rock went in there and then just ate it yeah, all no, up because i had changed the pads and the rotors out last summer so 30 40 000 miles ago 
There's nothing Not even, but steel. And they were, they were lifetime and the other, all the other four. Now, did you change? Good. I changed pads and rotors last time. But just, but did you, and so you had to do it again. Yeah, this time I had to do pads, rotors, and the caliper because right. the caliper was jacked. But you didn't change the others. I haven't changed the others. That'll happen right. when I get home. Yeah, you'll have to. Yeah. I wasn't going to do that in the parking yeah. lot. No, I'm with you. Well, you made it, and, and so we're here. The adventure begins. And uh, we uh, will talk a little bit about our day. Um, we got up, of course, uh, for light and g- got set up in glass. And um, we're doing really well at spotting um, tomorrow's trophies. <laughs> we're, doing, yeah. we're, we, we're, we're really good two-point spotters right now. We have yet to graduate to three-point spotters or mature deer spotters. But uh, we're we're building on that, and so tomorrow it's we're gonna go, we're gonna notch it up a level. Now that we got you guys here, um, divide and conquer, right? Yep. We're gonna find some deer and then uh, and have a chance, hopefully, to to bed them down and and then make our approach. Um, today, we all kind of split up on the ridge, which is not too far out of camp here, and um, on the that is. Which direction is that? That's west. Mm-hmm. That's west. Okay, I get my directions mixed up when I can't the see. The moon's coming up over there, so. Oh yeah, that that would be helpful. <laughs> so, um, and we saw what I I can't remember four or five groups of deer, couple does and fawns. We saw some uh, three little bucks together. It's, you know, but you, we see deer. And, and then we just made it, uh, uh, we're, you know, we just kind of decided we're going to go find the road structure and understand we know how the road, we got Onyx maps, we know where the roads are, but what can you glass from those roads? Yeah. So that's what we moved around because, you know, some of the satellite imagery is who knows how old there's this big burn mm-hmm. and, you know, so putting your eyes on it, your, your, your your physical eyes on it versus your eyes on a a satellite imagery is very different. So we did that. And then that helped us determine, you know, what some other good glassing spots were that we went to tonight. And, uh, you know, Chris and Adam, we dropped them off and they kind of worked a ridge down. And then we came back and hiked up over on a kind of another knife, ridge where we and watch this burn and i glassed for a constant hour but we started about six fifteen or so so it was still pretty warm but it was an hour before we saw our first doe mm-hmm. and then we saw a bull i say we tanner spotted a bull and then we saw another bull a really nice five point that i'm probably 300 plus five point. All right, yeah. And it was beautiful. And he was scraping his velvet. Oh, was he? No kidding. Yeah. He's getting so it, it off cold. right now. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah. And then we kept watching, and sure enough, deer started popping out. And um, But the problem is there's some big, dark timber, mm-hmm. and it just takes those deer so long to come out of the timber into those openings in those burns. And that, so tomorrow morning, I'm we're going to head back there because I think we'll be able to catch them out in the open heading back to the timber. And it, and that's going to give us a better idea if there's some mature bucks in there. It sure looks like there's should be some... It's great prime forage, great cover, and there's water in the bottom. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything they need. 
Yeah, totally. So. Yeah, I think that's a good idea too, especially with this moon so bright right now. They're going to be out all night long. Daytime's pretty hot. You know, we got here later, but it was still pretty hot yeah. when we got here. So, I, I mean, why would they be messing around at all during the day? I wouldn't be. I'd be, I'd find me a shady spot and and, and lay up in it. I know, know. I'm sure that's what they're doing too. And I think compared to the hunt Lane and I did last year, it's going to be more challenging to find bucks just because there's more trees to look under. There's more trees. And I think these deer are, they understand pressure. Like we were telling you earlier, you know, we were driving around the roads, just kind of checking things out. And there was a group of 15 side-by-sides yeah that were just just out having a great time not hunting just out and i think these deer know how to stay away from those people so um lane you mentioned talking to somebody else that kind of collaborated what adam had found out from the biologist about uh the, the spot you guys are wanting to go look at that's about a mile hike in yeah it just goes with the uh like the whole idea of get off the road right get away from all these road hunters and like the biologist said 95 percent of these people are road hunters out here and no one's going to be getting off the road and they're going to be glassing from the road or from 50 yards from the road so if, i think if we can just get off the road but it is nice to the biologist did talk about one spot this other guy talked about this spot um that it's at least worth going and checking out and on the map and on google earth it that spot looks good so there's other places we want to check out too, but it definitely is at the top of the list right. of places to look at. Yeah, so that's the that's kind of the plan. Yeah, we are heavy in the find the buck stage right now. Yeah. Cover territory. Yeah. Get out, find, you know, get your glass up. But man, it's just so hard because they're they're out all night, you know. So they're like party animals. Yeah. They're they're sleeping all day. Yeah. They're like a yeah, anyway. like a millennial. <laughs> you guys are wore out, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I worked all 24 hours yesterday and got off this morning, slammed energy drink, and started driving. Had did a little mechanic in, so. Yeah. What are you guys expecting on this hunt? Man, I am I just was stoked for a good hang. Hanging out at camp. It's It's actually cool, relatively cool out. At night up here, it's great. I mean, this it, is perfect. It really is this good is sleeping like paradise. Weather. Yeah, this is uh, it's just a good place to be this time of year. I'm excited because I I have a feeling we're gonna find some bucks. They may not be monsters, but um, you know, we'll we'll see. It, it it's always interesting coming into new territory blindly because you're just mm-hmm. like, oh oh boy, we'll see what we have here, and. You know, to me, this looks almost like better elk country, or or the odds of success almost look better for elk here than deer. What's the draw odds for elk in this unit? Do you know? Hard. Is it's it, ten it, plus? It's, oh, it's a it's a tough yeah. unit, huh? And you know, when you're hunting elk, you run into deer all the time, but as a bow hunter, you know, you'll you'll see it a hundred yards away, and you never have a shot opportunity. And so, yeah, you see them bouncing away. Exactly. So, how are we going to get close? Well, we've got to do the spot and stock game. But you know, they're they're not up during the day. It's 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 relatively thick in spots. So, it's going to be a challenge. This is going to be 
you know, we got our work cut out for us. What's your, uh, what's your idea as far as your scale of, of qu- trophy quality or uh, do, do you have something in your mind, Eric? You know, just knowing that it's a new place, we don't know what's here really. Uh, we're we're kind of just searching around right now, man. I I just want to shoot a legal buck. Okay. And what 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 in Utah? What remind me what's defined? Five as, inches of antler on one side. On one side. Okay. So basically, we've seen some no uh, button bucks. We've seen some. Uh, we've seen all the bucks we've seen have been legal. They've only been two points, but they've all been legal. <laughs> Shooting tomorrow's giants today. Exactly. Right. Yep. Well, Trim motto. And, Elaine, you're kind of in the same boat. You said that uh, Becca told you before you left the house that, hey, getting another meal day, that was good eating. Well, actually, yeah, she told me that a week ago because I haven't seen her for a week. She's been at some horse show. But, yeah, basically, um, that's about my same same plan. I'd like to just fling some arrows i'm happy just to be hunting two weeks earlier than what our colorado season opens up um this is the first time in four years i haven't been hunting in alaska at this point or filming one or the other i just that it was nice to have my season start two to three weeks earlier than normal like it has in the past four years so that's been that was nice yeah so to know that i'm not waiting till september i'm actually getting out the middle of august and hunting again and just making that season last a little bit yeah, longer. I, I, the only time I've really got to hunt this early is when I'm hunting antelope. Or uh, if I draw Nevada with Dave, with Bronio. Exactly. I'll go Neither and, one of us drew that this year. No. So, But well, I like to apply for the late season with Dave because then that extends the season the other way. Well, that's true. That so, is, that, yeah, that goes but, takes you into yeah. December. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting what are you going for, Trev? You know, I don't care. Um, I, I probably won't shoot a two-point. I probably won't shoot something like that just because I was talking about this last night. Be, You know, I'm okay to eat my tag because um, I came for this for the camaraderie and the opportunity to hang with you guys. Um, and I'm going to have a lot of opportunities to fill my freezer this year. Um, and so it's not like I'm almost out of meat i still got a lot of meat even from last year so for me it's just about the experience yeah and you know if we can film the adventure and one of you guys get a chance to arrow a buck um i'm okay with that now don't get me wrong if if you know we're by ourselves and i see a good buck i'm gonna you know go into sneak mode but but uh um lane you're on fire dude yep hey yo you all right? Yeah, I'm good. We just, uh, that was an interesting, uh, interesting spark. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so I'm, I'm kind of indifferent not to the experience, but I'm indifferent to whether or not I kill, uh, you know, a buck or not. Yeah. Um, if it happens, great. If it doesn't, it, it's not going to diminish my, mm-hmm. my thrill of this of this adventure. So, um, I would like to see you. You, you guys and, and Chris and Adam have a chance to to get to put some stocks in. So if I can, uh, if I end up being support mode on one of those, I, I'm okay with that. But you know, hey, we might find a pocket and and yeah. uh, you know, or a couple of pockets and mm-hmm. hold some bucks, and we might be able to to uh, to get a couple down. Once you, you know, it's always once you get a couple down it lightens everything and oh yeah and it seems like it's it it comes easier um 
you know so and a pre- yeah and so that's a good point too doing this you know for for television like you do how's that impact the pressure on you you know in the past it's 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 been extremely negative and yeah. I, i'll be quite honest that's one of the things that um i have as i'm becoming more mature if if that's even possible um i'm realizing that by taking it so seriously and by uh, the pressure it's not as much fun mm-hmm. so um the opportunity to make a show i mean what's a show a show is the adventure it's like you and lane's uh you know colorado hunt last year that aired this year um that was a great adventure yeah and, and that's that's a great show um and everybody doesn't have to kill you and you don't even have to kill every time to 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 have a great experience do you think for a tv show do you have to have any kills at all no no, well, within the season or, With, well, or no, 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 in, within a no, episode. I don't. I, I personally, and we've shown, we've shown shown shows that either one, we did not kill something, or two, um, you know, things happen. And you, you know, I shot a bull in Colorado two seasons ago, and. I, Everything was fine. It looked fine. We looked on, you know, on the on the footage. It looked like a great shot. Mm-hmm. And it got dark, and we backed out. Came back in the next morning. We never found him. Yeah. And um, I still showed it because it's the reality of of bow hunting. Bow hunting is a full contact sport. Um, it's a blood sport. And um, you know, in order for you to win or to, for you to be quote unquote successful, something has to die. And that's, uh, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't diminish the adventure or the thrill of the chase. Um, because, uh, you know, as long as you're having encounters, it would hard for, it would be hard for me to put a show together where <laughs> you don't see any animals. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That would be hard. But in a situation where you're out and you're hunting hard and you're, you're having encounters and you don't kill something, I think you can, you can show that. Yeah, Totally. Yeah, it's like your first encounter mm-hmm. on the show, you know, and we, you guys even had more encounters than we could edit because we only had 22 minutes. You had multiple encounters. There's a, a ton of learning that happened. Yeah. Um, and, and that's part of the whole experience. And that's just the thing too, with going after any legal buck, right? So I can hold you know, the card and say, Hey, I'm, I, I want a four pointer bust, but that severely limits the adventure. Right. Like, how am I going to learn if I'm not stalking? I, and you know what? I, I think that anybody who says, well, why did you kill that buck? Or, you know, th- that's ridiculous because it's your hunt. And if in a situation where you're just trying to get, um, it's like a, it's like at bats. The more at bats you get, the better you're going to get. Right? Totally, it's a it's a statistics and right. odds game. So um, you're going to learn something every time, and the more times you do it, the better you're going to become, the better you're going to learn from it. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I was going to ask you this too: How did 
what you learned last year. Now you've sat on it a year, you've thought about it, you know, you've probably relived that moment when you shot that amazing buck in Colorado. Um, what did what did you take away from that that you think will be helpful this year? For for going after bucks this year? Yeah, I mean, just, Man, just I, I in think your hunting uh, toolbox, if you will. You know, here's here's one thing, and, and I haven't had a ton of close stock opportunities, you know, been glassing for forever, but, you know, the act of stalking and getting close to an animal is not something you have a lot of opportunity for. So that's something I was really looking forward to last year, and it's something I'm hoping for again this year um, to, to learn from. But one thing I learned is, so I, I think this made the TV cut, but that first stock we did, we just went straight in. You know, we were going slow. We were looking around. I was putting my optics up, glassing all the time, looking for velvet through the trees. I knew they were in there, but we were walking straight in. And what ended up happening was, you know, we thought the buck was going to be in front of us and it ended up being to the side of us. So we almost passed it. And so we got way too close before we saw it. And so how we might have seen it better and this is what I ended up doing on the, the stock I, I ended up shooting my buck on, was I kind of angled in. I, I keyed in on the landmark I was going for, and instead of going directly at it, I went sort of 45 at it and, and it kind of across it. That way, I'm moving across it while getting closer and getting these different angles. To, to keep glassing. To keep glassing. So, yeah, because yeah, if you don't have eyes on that buck which most of the time you're going to as you bail off and into a draw or whatever and then you're going to come out the other side you're going to lose sight of that buck so you're going to either have to hope he's still there or that you can pick him up again so right. you're th- you're saying by angling at it it gives you that opportunity to kind of pick that country apart well let's say this let's say he's bedded okay and so by angling at it you know, maybe if you're moving edit, there's a tree in the way of his antlers and you can't see his antlers. And all of a sudden, boom, there's his eyeball or a rock blocking his antlers. But if you're angling across, you're getting different angles at the same landmark. And so by taking like three steps glass, getting a little bit closer and all the while getting different angles at that landmark so you can hopefully pick it up without being surprised and that's exactly what i did and that that's something i took from the first stock and brought to the last stock from that hunt and it totally worked Mm -hmm. because i ended up walking in slow glassed and then finally boom there's his antlers Mm -hmm. and ranged him 60 yards and then i'm like okay if i stand up i see his antlers i can't see his head yet so i'm gonna sort of crouch down and move directly at him now because I know where he is. And then I kept looking and, until I could see his antlers again while I was crouched. And that time I was 30 yards. Right. So I'm like, okay, I can't get any closer without belly crawling. So I'm just going to stay here. This is within range. It's right. a good spot. Um, but moving across it, I think, really helped change the angles. Now, uh, your wind's going to also dictate how you're going to move in. Because sometimes you have to come from a specific angle 
because of the wind. Right. And in that case, I would just Z, like zigzag. So go 45 across the landmark, 45 the other way. Because you're moving forward and you're you're a little bit lower as you're coming across. Right. Or yeah. a little bit higher, the elevation shifted. So it, it'll give you a different look at it. Gotcha. Well, that's good. Good. And uh, anything else that you, I mean, shooting, shooting wise, have you changed? Have you, uh, on your setup, any, did you, did you make any tweaks on your setup for your hunting setup? Yeah. So it's interesting living in the mountains in Colorado. There's not a ton of archery ranges. I either have to go to Grand Junction or all the way to the front range, both of which are giant hassle. They see me coming in and they're like, okay, I'll just take their money, his money and send him on his way. And so I, you know, I've done that. My bow hasn't like, I, I've never been a student of tuning bows mm-hmm. either. Um, like I, I, I just like the learning hunting mm-hmm. and archery's great, but you know, if there's some other tool to get close and kill something, I would do it just as much right um during this time of year but i ended up meeting this guy who who runs a shop called dark horse archery out of his house and he just opened it up because he's like dude none of us around here and and he is an archery fanatic um tuning fanatic and all that and so so i brought it to his house he took a look at it he changed like i don't know four or five things just right off the top he looked at my form we paper tuned all this stuff i've never done like i didn't i asked him all the dumbest questions because it's, it's normally just me shooting right like i'm, I'm figuring it always just been figuring it out I as you go right yeah i'm like well do i keep my arm fully locked my bow arm fully locked do i bend it a little bit do i bend it a lot like if i get it too locked i know i slap my forearm and that really hurts and and so like these seemingly like obvious beginner questions i've just never known the real answers to because i never shoot with people right you know i I don't we don't have the leagues none of that stuff so you know long to answer your question yeah i made a lot of changes but it wasn't me it was it was doug over there the the shop local shop that finally opened up um in the valley and I'll tell you what, I, I even moved my peep down two inches. Really? Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> he put a kisser on the string. Another anchor point. Another yeah, anchor good. point. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for the first time, now when I go to a draw, I lock right in. Mm-hmm. And I could just look through my peep. Right. I don't got to like then search for my peep and then try and level right level it like sure none of that stuff it's just like i draw and it's set it's ready and that makes me so much more comfortable man well i think uh maybe lane and i take this for granted but um because we have such great resources from no limits to Mm -hmm. even rocky mountain archery i mean there's a lot of different options on the front range yeah. And we have Wednesday night leagues. We shoot with each other. We were talking about that last night, Lane, in the podcast of how this started, how this group started. And it really started, it revolved around a 3D, summer 3D league. Yep. And yep. that's how we all met. And then 
you know, you go out there and next thing you know, you're, you're ta telling stories and, and then, you know, uh, hunting, you have that in common. And then Lane actually started running camera for us. And then, um, Chris and Lane have hunted together and, and Lane got Adam into archery. And we, we told that was the gospel of Lane. I was telling you about <laughs> where Lane talked or Adam talked about how you kind of led him in to archery, got him going, called in the first bull for him, you know, all these different things. And, uh, and then to, to see, I call it that because it's kind of like an evangelist, you know, you shared it with him. Now he shared it with somebody else that who is he's taken out and yeah, you know we got nick we're, out last right, year right exactly so it's really a cool thing because it's it's the heritage of hunting mm -hmm. and um so yeah that's that's pretty cool well good eric i'm i'm excited to uh, to really i think that i'm excited to see that experience you gained last year and you put you in that similar situation. Doesn't matter how big the buck is, just that similar situation where you can use some of that experience. You know, because you've been there before now. Yeah. You've been successful. You know you can do it, and now you're even more prepared. Totally. I'm, so, I'm pumped. Yeah. We just got to glass up some bucks. Yeah. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. You guys are. You guys are wore out, but you're <laughs> you still got the adrenaline of the. Knowing tomorrow morning you're going to be behind some, yeah, some I know glass. Excited, yeah, man. Get ready for the ups and downs. Here we go. Yeah. Now, well. Do you mean like the terrain or the, uh, the emotional <laughs> roller coaster? I'm talking the emotional roller coaster. Uh, there it, will be some train ups it, and downs. There too. will be yeah. some. This, uh, this train is steeper than it looked. Uh -huh. Like looking at the topo map, looking at Google Earth. And then getting here and looking at it, I was like, well, that's a little bit steeper mountain than I thought. We were driving up and you could see the mountain range. I'm like, I don't, I didn't think it'd it be did that a, big. It looked yeah. this steep. <laughs> did it look this steep to you? <laughs> so it's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's definitely got more vegetation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then I, I mean, than what I thought it would be. But we were talking about this last night, Tanner and I, about... The, di the the difference in vegetation here with the aspens you got the, the timber pockets but you know you've got all the even sage you've got some sage flats you i mean you got a bunch of different stuff so i was hoping there'd be more sage to the east really yeah but we'll figure it out yeah well we just got to find them mm -hmm. yep well guys um we need to wrap this up get hit the hay because we got a early morning and uh, we will, uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll keep you posted. We'll come back hopefully tomorrow night. We've got some stories to tell that don't include doing a brake job in a parking lot. That I think we can avoid. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thanks for listening. And we will, uh, we will, well, next one, we'll, we'll get, you, uh, get you caught up on this adventure. And as always, get out there and uh and embrace what uh what inspires you that wild place and uh we'll see you down the road god bless